Bearcat Bounce Podcast. Back at it again. It's a Monday. It's a uh, a Monday following another disheartening loss. A uh, Monday where we face down the 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 depths of a light at the end of the tunnel. Hopeful Monday. It's a Monday also where we are Eric Hicks days away from the start of college basketball and the start of another season with Wes Miller at the helm. Um, exciting season at that first year in the Big 12 for that. It's also a Monday where we continue to break down, decipher, figure out, decode how to come out on top in the first year of the Big 12 football. It's also a Monday where we have not one, but two recruits committing to a football program and another big-time recruit most recently on an official visit on the basketball side of things. And we're going to dive into all of that, which means it's another Monday where I bring in my guys, my pals, all three of us again. The, uh, pardon me, three of them with me, four total. That's right. One, two, three, four. Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, Brian Royer. Gentlemen, how are we? We're here. <laughs> Yay. We are here. <laughs> we are here. We're live. How exciting. Yeah, live. We are live. Oh, man. Golly. Golly. Aaron, well, Chad, Chad. How, first off, how, how was the weekend? You know, outside of the football game. Good. Everything Went was, to a, was a little Halloween party Saturday night. Had a bunch of running around to do Sunday. Went to the grocery mm-hmm. store. Uh, it's amazing how much you can spend at the grocery store right now. Yeah. Like a, a half full cart, $300. Catches damn up quick, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, like, you know, we had to get some toilet paper and had to get, like, some laundry detergent and some simple things around the house. And, like, I got home. Toilet paper. We we didn't even buy any damn food. And I spent $300. <laughs> yep. Dude, do not like, go to Target. Shit. Target, Target. do you oh. in. You think you think half a cart? Give it like an eighth of a cart at Target. You're running up about two hundred. <laughs> the lady in front of me had a full cart. Like I'm talking, she could have professionally been a like a cart stuffer. Yeah. Like she had it like Tetris in there. Oh yeah, the whole cart full, and it was six hundred and something dollars. A little little supermarket sweet baby, just a little nice nice. Oh my God. <laughs> Do you remember when we, like what like even. Five years ago, like yeah. you had to have three carts, you had to have a train of carts to spend six hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. And she just had one cart with six hundred dollars worth of stuff in it. It's incredible. It is incredible. Which is like uh, also got Chick Fil A on on a Friday for for myself. You know and have... What? Go ahead. Uh, what did the... you know they have cans of Wendy's chili now? Huh. Yeah. Don't call it a comeback. Don't, don't they use leftover yeah. burgers for the chili? So how does yeah. that work? I don't want. I don't. Nope. Nope. You know, yep. it's they, it's they have cans of Wendy's whatever chili. I saw it leftover store. meat is at the warehouse. That the nope. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, for the product chili, but no, yeah. I mean, I even like a Chick Fil A order for myself and my girlfriend was just it's just expensive. Everything's just expensive. Yeah. Yes, it's just like yeah. what is going on right now. It's a, anyway. it's a date night to go to chick-fil-a yeah i know it's like it's like yeah we just want a snack 
Oh, well, we might as well get a bottle of wine, too, because we just had a little bit of a uh, step-up gourmet meal. You think but, they would, like, yell at you if you took a bottle of wine into Chick-fil-A with you and, like, sat it down at the table? Like, look, this is our date night. Yeah, I mean, the the religious aspect of things. If, if it was you know, all Catholics, they would be like, yes. If you turned it from water, Ooh, then, yeah, you'd be good to go. Good point. If I told you what my buddy does... No. He he takes one of these full of bourbon into a restaurant and just sits it at the table. Wow. <laughs> and I guess they think it's his water container, but it's really just four roses. It's a bold just... move, God. <laughs> bold, bold. He move. said nobody's ever said a word to him. Well, well, Chad, what did you dress up as? That's the uh, main question. Bob Ross. Wondering. Bob Ross. That's nice. a good one for you. I feel like yeah. you'd rock that well. Yeah. Yeah, a little uh, little easel and and the paintbrush. Okay, Bob Ross. Gosh, shouts to uh, the show Euphoria. Great, great TV show on HBO. But uh, she dressed up as Bob Ross at at one of the Halloween parties. I don't know if that's where Chad got his inspo, but Bob Ross, I enjoy. I enjoy. Uh, Aaron, how are we, sir? What's up, man? I'm I'm good. Was dealing with a cranky baby today. We're here. We're good. Oh, look at, <laughs> look, at, look at this guy. We have officially gone off the rails. We're only five. Let's go. Great. You could be Napoleon Dynamite, too, at the same time. Yeah. I could. And I don't know where the, the beard and mustache are around somewhere. but I'm going to be completely honest. I, I think that looks kind of good. I, I, t- I was talking to my Uber driver on the way home from the party. I was like, I, I think I'm, I might just wear this out. Like, right. It doesn't look unnatural on me. No, it's it's not horrible. Like like my dad back in the day randomly had a fro, and you literally look like back in the day with my dad with a fro. It looks pretty natural. Yeah. I like it. I think I like with the beard. I like if I could work some gray in. Yeah, a little salt and pepper. I think it. Yeah, just a little like maybe spray paint some spray yeah. paint some yeah. some gray spots in there. I think it would look a little more natural. Yeah, but uh, I tell you what, the party was outside. Like okay. the party was inside, but they yeah. had like a really big two-story deck on outside. Yeah. And there was like 35 people inside. It was like a sauna <laughs> inside. Yeah. So I was outside, and at one point I took the, the wig off and I'm like, oh wait, this thing is keeping me warm. Yeah, it's like a little like a little cat. You know, it's down over the ears, so my ears were covered. Cat. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it was like a, a nice wool wool cap. I, uh, it looks so good. It looks good. I might rock this thing. All, I might. I might rock it for the rest of the show. We we probably need it. Uh, a lot of uh, doomsday combos coming up here, so I think it, it would make it a lot easier and to just smile watch, watching you talk about these things with that with that on. So yeah, keep it. It's a good question to start, Ryan. Which is shorter, your patience with this team or your sleeves? I think my patience was shorter. I think it's more of kind of acceptance we've reached. Um, just like the acceptance they, they are, of my they sleeves, are. my sleeves yeah. are not going to reappear back on this shirt when no, I wake not. up in the morning. They're not. Um, <laughs> so I think that's the kind of stage I'm at. The Bearcats <sighs> identity is about as certain as this shirt being a sleeveless shirt. Okay. <laughs> oh, the, the seven, you're going through the seven steps. Yeah. You've reached acceptance. Acceptance. <laughs> I'm in I'm in Dante's Inferno over here. It's just you don't handle you don't handle the downs well, Brent. No, 
Absolutely. You're great on the ups. Yeah. The downs are are very tough on you. It's hard. It's hard. And, 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 it's hard and, on me too, man. I didn't think I'd yeah. see it crash and burn this quickly. Oh, I know. I and we're not even done with the intro, and we're already st- chopping at the bit. So let's let's wrap up the intro, Aaron. Uh, I mean, Aaron, thank you for saying how you are, Royer. How are we, real fast? Ah, I'm good. It was an up and down weekend for the for good old sports ball. Well, let's yeah. see what happened. We got the Blue Jackets overtime dub that helped me big time. My brother's team got their ass kicked. That hurt me. That we hurts. all know what the Bearcats did to me. The Browns, the Browns hurt my boy Alec, but the Browns won, so that was kind of good for me. And, and they they won in one of the weirder ways on that. I know. Final just, drive. When when have you ever seen the Browns get bailed out by penalties? Two oh, weeks dude, in a row? And, and like pretty pretty bad calls too. Oh, terrible! I, I felt mean, like I, it was hard for me to even celebrate. I, I know. Like, oh. like what I are felt bad for Alec. I was like, damn, like I'd rather Alec win than. Then we like my team steal one from him, obviously. Like, but that. but Jerome got the win. Yeah, but Jerome's yeah, freaking hurt high now. Ankle sprain. He's out for two. Yeah, yeah out two. To, yeah, two to four weeks. And, well, and uh, James got the win too. So I, you know, it's a it's a big pick. Yeah. B Cook had the game showing pick. Almost dropped it though. <laughs> Gosh, that would have he would have been pissed as hell if he did, if he didn't I mean, right off the shoulder that back pad. up to him. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, he, I would have if I ever. Uh, if he would have dropped that one next time I saw him, I wouldn't have stopped giving him shit for that. But yeah. and and there's pictures floating around a, a, a confirmed kiss from Taylor Swift on the cheek of uh, Travis Kelsey. It's still such a surreal thing to me. So uh, her and uh, shouts there, Mrs. Brittany Brent. Hey, Aaron, what's Fire. worse, the uh, the Taylor Swift or that fake Chargers fan that freaks out the whole game? <laughs> They're both dreadful. Why are we giving airtime to either? I think the fake, used the to fake be a Chargers Minnesota fan, fan, the fake Chargers fan is one of the worst things I've ever seen. Do you think she's a plant? Like, why? Why are understand any football of it. into this shit? It's a joke. <laughs> to, to, to distract you away from the terrible calls being made on the field to overturn games. Who's outcomes. running PR? Are they just trying to make guys like us mad so we just talk about football? Because it's absolutely, working? or do they think that's the move? Like, I don't no, know, they also waiting. are seeing that like 50 million women are now tuning in that have never tuned in before, and they're like, Oh, let's we go get that a- money. We want to go yeah. get that money on top right. of the money we're already getting. So, let's right. let's plant an actor, an actress acting <laughs> like she loves football so much to try to brainwash. The women watching to, to like it as much as she does. Is that well, no? What now what happened is the Swifties that were watching that game also saw the other woman, and they're like, "Oh, like there are women at the other games too." Well, maybe I'll start watching the games that aren't Taylor Swift games. Yeah, it's all. It's look. It's no surprise that that woman showed up the week before the Chargers played the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They told you it's scripted, Royer. And it, it all <laughs> put it well, up in flames to... with the Bearcats. And is and it also take me serious with this thing on. No, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's it's also pretty uh, pretty funny. I saw some video of like like uh, like a Taylor Swift saying fans saying I need to watch what Travis's brother does pregame so that I know what's going on. And it's just like following Jason, and it's like. Booty bump, booty bump, yeah. high knees, 
Heidi, he's running. Shake, shake. Yeah, it's like, it's like, okay, that was awesome. He's a good guy. So I, it's fun. It, whatever. Entertainment is entertainment. It's getting talk. Um, it was able to distract us from the main topic we need to get to. So uh, you know what? It, it, I think Aaron you, might want to talk about Taylor Swift tonight. Yeah, I, I'm getting those vibes too from him. Uh, Taylor Swift or relive the Baylor game, Aaron. Your call. Baylor. Oh, we're we're back, baby. We are so <laughs> back. Aaron is back. Uh, yeah. I, well, I mean, if if you get frustrated looking at things on your phone, whether it be the you know highlights of of the tough Baylor game or you know Taylor Swift or the LA Chargers fan that used to be a Minnesota Vikings fan that I. I don't know, Royer. It's weird, uh, and and you get frustrated. You're driving, and you don't know what to do, and you start swerving, and you, you hit a pothole, or you need oil. Head over to Dan Co Transmission and Auto Care. Dan Co Joe will hook you up. Tell them that Chad sent you, Aaron, Royer, me. Mention us, BBP, BCJ. Yourself ten dollars off your next oil oil change. Ten percent off your next fixing. Dan Co Joe. Danko transmission. I don't care. Love you, Danko Joe. Um, well, let's dive right into it. 32 29. Uh, yet again, another frustrating game. Uh, game with that had yet another chance for the Bearcats to pull out a win at the end, but also a game that ended in a, in a loss. Five straight losses, four straight at Nippert, which is the one that the, the stat that kind of hits my heart a little bit more than, uh, than just the five straight losses, but. A, a, a tough, tough game against a Baylor team who, full discrepancy, they were kind of facing similar downtrodden fan base, frustration among the team, lack of energy, kind of the same buzzwords and, and, and phrases that the Cincinnati team had heading into that Baylor game. Baylor was also going through it as well. Um, Bears were able to figure it out almost 300 yards rushing and still a loss. I, just a lot of puzzling, puzzling things. But, um, you know, as always, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to pass it to the guy underneath me, Mr. Royer, man, Saturday, 12 noon. Sucked. <laughs> what's, what's your, uh, kind of just your overall view of the game from, uh, from your eyes. You're muted. Another okay. week, an, another week of just not being able to come out and grab a lead and hold and and kind of dictate the game. I mean, when's the last time we were like in control of a game? Pit. Yeah, pit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and that's like the only time the whole year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I like I like how they kind of battled back and you know ate it competitive. The run game was encouraging. You kind of saw like the the kind of the tail of the running backs like oh Corey can't break Corey gets out but he can't break the touchdown then miles goes out and breaks the touchdown it's just yeah but it's still even it still astounds me how you know we'll take a little baby step in one way but like everything else kind of stay lagging behind and it's just week in and week out same same like you said the same thing that we were talking about the week before happened again and just special teams I know we've that's an easy one to hit on, but just nightmare out there again. Like just get we're in a state right now. Like we can't we can't be gifting the other team like touchdowns, like anything straight yeah. up, straight up touchdowns, like for yeah. either for the defense or for special teams. And we're doing that consistently now. And 
I don't know. It's just, like I said, it just came to, I, I it used to like really get to me, but it's kind of like, it just, that's the kind of team we're at. We're at, we're at a, we're a, what's the word? A team that was thrown together really quickly, yeah. trying to go out there and turn, turn down a down, like turn around a downward spiral. Right. And you're just seeing the mudslide continue. And I'm not really surprised anymore. It just feel for I feel I feel for Satterfield, but all he also mm-hmm. his style also kind of rubs me the wrong way sometimes. But I don't I just don't think this is something that that he's able to rein in right now. Maybe you can prove me wrong, but mm-hmm. you're kind of seeing that that same mistakes every week, same kind of attitude, same kind of like not like half-ass energy, just not intense. I the energy was fine. Saturday. Yeah, I meant like from just, I don't know, in terms of just competitiveness from the start, it's like, right. why do we have to get down like 18 points or whatever it was to, to say, all right, let's play football now after we've been getting our asses kicked for four straight games? Hmm. Um, I guess that's what I was meaning to say. But, yeah, that's kind of what I think. It's just – it's not not the Bearcats team I'm I'm used to used to seeing it, it it does hurt to say and see that. Yeah. Well, I, first off, I, your thoughts. I, I don't know if you watch you know the the press conferences or anything, but Sat kind of came into the uh, press room and immediately just took full ownership and and said that like this is not Cincinnati football. This this will not be Cincinnati football. We need to get better. And, and I felt like it was the first time that that he kind of you know seemed a little bit more like edgy and like truly frustrated. And I don't know if it's because you know at this point like he, he probably saw the last true game that was potentially Cincinnati being favored and probably being the team that should have won the game. And now he knows what's coming up the rest of the way. But he came in. He was frustrated, and I, you know, Chad and Aaron. I don't know if you guys felt like that too. It just kind of like it seemed like the urgency really kicked in, and in year one, he just was overall just not happy, pretty pretty pissed off. No, I I agree. He pissed he off certain, because of that play, right? right. Yeah, I think it the last he, play. Yeah. He got the got the fifteen yard uh, penalty on the sideline. Um, he was he was certainly frustrated as. When you have games that continue to pile up where you have more yards than the other team, uh, and the only stat that you're losing on is points, and it's not, it's what, three of them now? I'd be frustrated too. He has every reason to be frustrated. Five of the seven games they've out, outgained the opponent. They're finding ways to lose, and I thought they would be more corrected at this point. Yeah. Real, real quick, do want to thank Georgia Bearcats for the donation. 72 grad came back to Nippert after many years. Ouch, better stay away. Traveled to Orange. Loss, sugar, loss. Won't have to worry about a bowl this year. Uh, but thanks for the donation all the same. I, I hear you, Georgia Bearcats. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of did that same thing, too. I went to both the Orange and the Sugar Bowl. And, like, gosh, especially the Sugar Bowl. And and you guys can, t- can attest that to that. That had nothing to do with you, Brent. Oh no, I, I I'm just saying that that it was like it just felt like it was a I don't know, vibes were high, this, that, and the other, and then just a slap with dose of reality. Maybe that's kind of what this team's getting, just seeing how even the there, Big Twelve there, is just a slap. There was a the reason reality. I did not go to the Sugar Bowl. 
you could see that one coming a mile away. Yeah. I mean, yeah. right. It was uh it was weird, but fun to be on Bourbon Street. Uh, cool to see Travis Kelsey shouts. But um anyway. Yes. Uh just you probably are why he got suspended for a year. He hung out with you that night on Bourbon Street and it was fun. It was fun. I was next thing uh, you know, he wasn't allowed to come back for a year. <laughs> I will not say that I was a part or was not a part, and we'll just leave it at that. But um yeah, aside from that, you know, Chad, obviously you've been in every press conference with Sat. It, it, yes, obviously that last play, you know, the, the non-call DPI that he wanted. <laughs> that he wanted, sorry. Um, obviously that is going to fuel you to get you frustrated. But it did seem like he's also like, it's kind of like a culmination of just like, he's just not a happy camper right now. Well, yeah. I mean, you put yourself in a position to go down and get a field goal or, or win the game. And you have two plays, one where a guy gets held coming out of his break and the other one where he gets mauled before the ball gets there. Like mm -hmm. the coach is going to be pissed off. If he wasn't pissed off after that, when is he going to be pissed off? Like I yeah. just, that stuff carries over. So I, I don't, I'm not going to look too much into it other than mm -hmm. he was pissed off uh, when the game ended and he was pissed off when he walked in the media room. Uh, that's not surprising. Um, I'm going to bring up one thing and Ryan, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. So the opening drive offensively, obviously the team gets all the way into the red zone and, uh, they're faced with a fourth and one decide to go for it instead of kicking the field goal. Uh, that's when Emory fumbled and, and, you know, the, they were turned away, Tur turnover on downs. Um, and then again, later on in the game, it was another similar situation, a fourth and two, I believe. And yet again, in field goal range, chip shot range for the most part, and uh, go for it again and get denied again. Two field goals that could have been had yet again there at the end of the game. You're only down three. Um, is there a point where you can be too aggressive in those situations, or are you a proponent of saying, hey, yeah, in those situations, try and get you know touchdowns if you feel like that's what you need to do? I, I, I didn't mind it. I like the aggressiveness. Um, I think I think uh, that's something that I think Coach Fickle would have done too. I, I don't – and I think especially at the state we were at, kind of four games in a row, struggling in the red zone. I, I, the running game was, was kind of clicking. I, I like – I like those calls. I think it's good because, you know, we we weren't able to ever start fast, so we might as well – like we're either going to keep doing what we've been doing or we're going to take a little gamble here and kind of let mm -hmm. the nuts hang and let's go for it on fourth and one and let's try to get a touchdown for the first time in a long time. I, I didn't I, – I, I like the aggressiveness. Yeah. It wasn't – because it wasn't like stupid aggressive. It wasn't a bad play call either. Right. I like the yeah. first one. Like I like setting that tone early, especially yeah. if Emory just gets the pull. Like he just left it in there too long, mm. um, trying to set up the 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 pop to Peyton Singletary who was open. Um, the second one, I take the points. I mean, you're scratching and clawing. Like I just think at that at that point in time, like let's get some points on the board and like try to to build some momentum. Um, yeah. 
So uh, that's, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not angry that they went for it the second right. time. Right. Uh, I just think me personally, the second one, I would have just gladly taken the points and said, all right, we're going to chip away at this thing a little bit um, and see if we can get back in it. Yeah. I agree. And, and yeah, kind of, kind of time and score situation as well. They were, you know, you kick a field goal, you're still down two scores. So I, I, I get certain things there at the end, but you know, like, like you said, they hadn't scored in a while and, and why not just kind of get, get that back. And then you can allow the defense to set up without a momentum swing, you know? Right. So I, either way, it's it truly, like, like Sat said, hindsight 2020, because you know, you, you never expect, for the score to be like that at the end of the game. And then who knows what would have happened changing this here or there. Right. Who knows? You kick it off, they take yeah. over at a different spot. Right. Know, call right. different plays. Uh, the the flow of the game changes completely. Yeah, exactly. I, and 30 Walrus kind of rolls right into what I was going to come up with next. And that's just special teams. We need to have yet another discussion about special teams. Um, because the you know after trading punts, that's that's when Baylor had a kind of a big momentum play with that you know forty one yard punt return, uh, just another huge hole that that was available for the Baylor uh, return man to run through, set it set up what what would have been a really long uh, extra point sorry really long field goal but just another snafu on on special teams there and then you look even further along. We got we got to talk about Braden Smith. We got to talk about you know Xavier Henderson. Um, just special teams as a whole uh, for a while, and we mentioned it last week a lot. And it, it used to be kind of a pillar of of the Cincinnati teams, especially during this special run of the last five years. But um, man, first off, that that long punt return kind of gave them their first points and then the uh the brain smith play it's a special teams as a whole man I, I i don't know if there's an easy fix uh you know i heard keegan mentioned it about dj taylor being you know he's kind of known as a return specialist at, at arizona state we've yet Try to see something him. else yeah we've yet to see him back there i it just the whole thing is just it, it's hard to stomach but man i've i've never seen a play like the Braden smith play where it just literally bounced right out of his hands into Baylor's hands and they ran it in. It was just all, I was in all. Um, Royer, what were you thinking about when you saw that? It just seemed like a discombobulated play right from the get go. It reminded me of the, the, uh, what's God's name? The lineman that picked up the ball at Indiana started running with it. And John was John, John I knew his name was John. I, I couldn't think of Williams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> this, you could just, when when bad shit happens, it always get, gets worse, it seems like. I yeah. I was just in disbelief. But, yeah, yeah. it was very bad. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. it. You know, and it was weird because the opening kickoff, Xavier Henderson kind of just ran right into the, the first Baylor player that he saw and, and kind of just got tackled right away. And then you saw Braden Smith tell Xavier that they're going to switch. And then 
that happened. I, it just, I don't know. The whole thing just seems like it was discombobulated. And, and you know, that's the play that everyone kind of mentions, especially Sat mentioned it a few times in the post press conference. And says that's just not a play that you can, that, that can happen. You, you cannot do that. And so, I don't know. Maybe we'll see some some changes. Maybe we'll see different things that could kind of, kind of help out special teams in somehow, some way. But man, that was a uh, a rough play to stomach. You just can't. You just can't. Like you, <laughs> you're trying to you're trying to win Power Five football games. Yeah, you cannot hand the ball to the other team on the 10 yard line and let them walk into the end zone. Uh, you, you can't. Okay. I don't Especially you, like, I don't think you can the, let the him front, return another kick. No, not a kick. I not think a, it's not a punt. You have to, you have to make a change. Um, <clears throat> the problem is the guy you most likely would make a change with, especially on punts is, right. is hurt with Ryan Montgomery. Right. Hopefully we get, we get to see him back soon, as somebody said earlier in the chat. Um, but on kickoffs, I mean, you have DJ Turner, you have uh, Aaron Turner, DJ Taylor, Aaron Turner. Um, you have guys back there that that can do it. Like, just yeah. put somebody back there and, and give them a shot. Like, yeah. I, I think Brady you. Smith has been really good in the slot, but uh, on special teams, he has been. He's not been good enough to continue running out there. Right. DJ Taylor. I know the staff trusts him. DJ Taylor was a, a Pac 12 leader last season in yeah. return yardage. Yeah. Yeah. I, Try somebody you else. Have, you have options. I even turned to Aaron in the press conference, in the press box, and I said, you know, and I get the whole red shirt thing and, and games played and whatnot, but why not try like Barry Jackson out there? You know that that I mean, you seen. don't have to. You have other guys that have proven right. prolific at it. You don't yeah. have, like that's the point, Brent. You don't have to dig at the bottom of the roster to, oh. to like figure right. this out. Like, the agree. answers are right there in front of your face. Yeah, I agree. But but if they haven't made that decision already, it's like all right, let's throw something out there. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just I don't. Know. I'm so in on this week. <laughs> yeah, me too. I like it. I like it. Um, I like it a lot. Uh, <laughs> I like the added extra point of emphasis that it gives me. It it does. It it gives you good good extra emphasis. But um, yeah, I don't know. It it just the special teams aspect of things is just really not good. Uh, it's not even wrong. We just had Wes on the show what two weeks ago, Aaron. I can get you the date. Yeah, it was, it was two weeks ago. Just post a link in the in the chat if you can. We talked to Wes recently, Natty Ron. We do a lot of shows. Hmm. We do a lot of shows. It's sometimes it's tough to keep up with uh, with everything. So yeah, but we did. We have talked to Wes here recently. So we'll see if maybe there's some change. I, I I don't know. On the road at Stillwater, which is you know obviously the next game, we'll we'll kind of flag it down. I, I mean, they're playing at a high level right now, but um, not looking forward to that one. I know. It, I I don't know if that's a place where you make a bunch of like big changes like that because you could potentially see another Raiden Smith play happen, and then there that that's a 
floodgates opening type situation if that happens on the road at in the, at night in a situation like that. So I don't know, but something needs to change. Um, it's just a lot, of, a lot of things not going the Bearcats way when it comes to special teams. But um, one thing that did go their way, I, the offense as a whole, I, I, I think you can take a step back and look at that rushing attack, which is like, wow, you know, that was a clinic and and they did a very good job having, you know, a handful of explosive plays, being able to, to break tackles. It, it seemed like at, at a fair amount of times, uh, the, the passing attack though, was something that was seemed to be kind of, you know, missing, but at times a few of the throws looked very good. Uh, uh, it just seems like when when one thing's working, the other thing starts to get off a little bit. And I don't know if that's game plan thing where it's like, okay, we're running the football well, let's continue doing that. Or if it's more of a situation where they're starting to see that we need to do more running because that's what we can have success with and that's what they did have success with until it came to the very end. Um, yeah, but here's the reality. It's football in 2023. If you yeah. can't pass the ball, especially with a rushing attack like that, yeah, like I, you know, going like they, Emory Jones did get going a little bit in the fourth quarter or like late right. in the third into the fourth quarter. Yep. But for two and a half quarters, they were under 100 yards passing. If you can't move the ball through the air in today's college football, you're going to have trouble winning because I mean, Baylor hit what two of those over the top that. Like it, it just puts immense pressure on you, mm-hmm. and it just it, it just it changes the game, you know. Like yeah, Cincinnati goes up seven to three, and then bam, you know that was the the play that they hit against cover two, right? Where mm-hmm. I don't know what Brian Threats was doing. Like you have to be over the top on that play. You cannot be flat. Like you you are support over the top on a guy that like a burner a guy that can get down the field mm-hmm. and you leave your cornerback just hanging out to dry when you take the angle that he took yeah you you can't be in cover two and the safety is two steps behind the play like that that it doesn't work like that it can't yeah. work like that and Cincinnati doesn't right now they don't have that ability they they can't punish teams if they come up to try and stop the run and, and that, that hurts. Yeah. And, and so even like they almost had almost 300 yards rushing right. and still only scored 29 points. Yeah. I, and, and, you know, shouts to Kerry Hoffman. He does a really good job with his pun further review uh, uh, articles, but man, it was, it's a pretty jaw dropping stat to see when, when two players have rushed for 100 yards in the same game coming into the season, Royer, listen to this stat coming into the season, the Bearcats are 12 and O all time when they have two running backs that rush for hundred yards or more this year in two different games, since I has had two players rush for hundred yards or more and in both of those games, they've been losses. It was the, the, Game against Miami and this this past Saturday against Baylor. I I, I mean, make it make sense. Make it make sense. When I, was a, when did I have the freak out? Was it ever after Oklahoma? When I was like, what was the amount of like yards we had on offense to points? Yes, it was it was the yeah. after BYU the, the, yeah. the bye game. Yeah, 
yeah, it's just like, like th those those things just don't ever align, and we're finding ways to make them align just in frequent order. Like I would love to see the statistical probability of some of this, some of these stats that. Well, I mean, we told you that that Miami and BYU were the the worst games in the nation in terms of the team that's supposed to have won lost. They were last. They were last. Yeah. The team that won was least expected to win of any game in the nation where that team won. Two out of and like two out of three times. Two out of and, five times. And like back then, it was like, man, like we're close. Um, we're close. Like we could be this record. We could be this record. But now we've like rattled off five of these in a row, and it's like, how close are we? Like it, the margin might be like this much on the scoreboard on the stat sheet, but something is telling me that the margin is way bigger because we keep doing it and we keep doing it with the same mistakes that aren't about, getting addressed. Well, no, that's the problem, Ryan. They are, and then something else <laughs> pops up. Like they were seven to fifteen on third down. They scored two touchdowns in the red zone. The other two times in the red zone they didn't score was because of the fourth down where they could have kicked field goals and gotten points on those trips. Like the the it's it's something something different is springing a leak. You know, yeah. against Iowa State it was kick return. Against Baylor it's punt return. You know, it's yeah. like something every game is like what the. I guess I meant like the leaks just. Never I know. Keep pop, like it's like saying, that pipe like, in the basement. And you patch one, and yeah, boom, it pops out down the, ne the next right. week, and you got you got caulk all over this pipe. And you know shit, what? we just need it. We need a new pipe. <laughs> got some caulk, you know, a little caulk yeah. on your pipe. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Come on. Oh, oh all right. Oh yeah. yeah. Bob Ross loves caulk on his pipe. <laughs> um. Yeah, it, that's I mean, that's the frustrating part is it's like, you know, they, they spend the week kind of addressing this and then it's that. And then, yeah. you know, they're OK, well, we'll move over here and address that. And then this pops back up. And it's yeah. like, like, it, it, ultimately, though, Dave, Dave had a stat today that he put on the board that puts it all in detail. But they haven't had you. a lead in the second half since Miami. Yeah, they have not had a second half lead. In any of the four Big Twelve games, yep. Out like that's not a team that's close. No, that's just not a team that's close. Right. Well, in, if you like don't what, have a lead at any point in the second half of any of these games, yeah, it's like what Royer said. You know, like yet another game where Cincinnati didn't build a lead in the first half and then had the ability to control the game. And, you know, the, the last time it happened was at Pitt, and it turns out Pitt's terrible. Uh, no, they beat Louisville. They're yes, great. That, Louisville's fucking awesome, remember? Yeah. listen to Louisville fans. Tell us how fucking awesome they are, and they lost to Pitt. Right, right. But, they came through once for us. <laughs> yeah, then they lost to Wake Forest. I, I, I mean, they just – they're a bad team. And – now we're looking back. We're they got team. kind of they got kind of screwed. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. But I'm, we are I'm, bad. <laughs> not, they're not good, right? Yeah. I don't know if I'm ready to say they're bad, but I know certainly they are not good. The if only thing good, that makes you, you say at some point in the second half of the last it's four the games. talent. 
they're 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 a not they're not a bad roster. They're a bad team. I'll put it like right. that. And 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 it's something like okay, so take take that one year, not not twenty twenty one, but like I it might have been twenty nineteen where just you you guys figured out ways to win games. Even eighteen even, and nineteen. Yeah, eighteen at times. Just each game seemed like it had the, the opportunity to kind of go to the wayside, and yet you guys figured out a way to win the game. That's how these things we had, start. We had better we had better players with a better tighter culture than we yeah. do now. Right. So that's right. it's like two two it's like two positives combining, which we don't have either of those right now. So it's so it's, but I didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry. No, no. I mean, you're well, right. you know, we didn't know in 2018 and 2019. We had no clue in those years that Defoe was going to be a, an NFL starter, that right. Kobe was going to be a, a regular NFL guy, that Sauce was going to be first team all pro, that like it just continue going down the list. Like, even we Dez saw those and guys. Alec. Yeah, right. Like, we saw those guys coming into their own, but like we had no clue at that point what really was in the pipeline and, you know, was in the oven cooking. And this year, the problem is there aren't any young guys. Very few. Yeah. Very few guys that have, you know, remember the young guys like class of 21, 22, 23, the COVID year's gone. If you came in in 21, so like like these guys are the guys that are supposed to be entering into being the top of the roster, and there's just so few of them. Um, the, there there are important ones that have left. Uh, like you just you're looking at the like what's next, and it's probably we're probably not close to seeing this roster where it needs to be to consistently win games in this league. That's the the bitter truth about it right now yeah. we're proving that the portal can't save us <laughs> we thought it we thought it's it was a supplement be... it's not an answer it's a yeah. supplement yeah yep that's what i was saying last week you can't build a team off that it's not colorado's it's finding not... that out the hard way yes. yeah you're building a team with like and they have five so like five stars at the top correct a house might stand up and it might take some win but Shit, when shit gets bad, like that, that house is going down, and I think our house has been down, and it's getting scattered across, scattered across the ground pretty far right now. Ryan, I want your opinion on something. Hmm. Did things change when Free left in terms of the type of guys that were coming in? Because it doesn't feel like that group after Freeman left, 21, 22, 23 classes were what we saw in 17, 18, 19, 20. I never thought of it like that. Um, I My opinion would be is I think that the staff got very focused on the team and, like, because they saw the window. They saw the opportunity. Yeah. And not that they weren't paying attention to recruiting, but I think it was, like, we like the coaches were just locked in on film on just all year. Like we were meeting all the time, like going over shit, like constantly. Like, 
there was a big focus on on the team like the whole year more than I ever thought there would be like it was a constant process constant evaluation constant improvement and I don't and it wasn't like that the first um my the first like they kind of like built into it and then it got to the point where the last two years like we were like a a well-oiled machine year round just on top of our shit all the time film film extra little workouts you name it we were doing it and the coaches had their fingerprints all of it so I don't know if they were kind of like honing more in on the team and not paying attention to the the recruits but maybe it was something there's definitely been a drop-off and it's hard to say because so many of those guys left yeah, like guys in the transition. Left. And maybe that you're seeing the coaches kind of took chances on guys that they thought would would like flourish in like the culture we had and for the way the way kind of everything ended and Fick just left and everyone cleaned house like you're seeing there's there might be some guys that were on like a 40-year plan or like a 3-year plan that kind of got cut in half or didn't get the didn't get the like the attention they needed in their in their development but that's kind of a speculation on my end though but i don't know yeah you can't see me because my camera's turned off i'm sweating <laughs> like a pig right now from having that afro on um, <laughs> i had to cool down for a second but yeah Roy, i kind of agree about you know once you see that you've got the chance to do something special you and the Recruiting department then was also just two people, pretty much. Um, this, this, yeah, this, but that's that raises the question is did things dip a little bit when Bowden left? Right, right. Um, because he was a maniac, Chad. Yeah, Chad is a savant of recruiting. Well, and Freeman, they were like so good together too, and they both left. That's where you see Notre Dame climb the mountain, right? That's kind of what I'm getting at. Dave brought this up on on the brunch on Sunday and kind of a deep dive here. I have 21 pulled up. The contributors from 21 uh, on this roster, uh, Brian Threats, <clears throat> Jack Dingle, Shema Mater, um, Miles Montgomery, Dante Corleone, and Mason Fletcher. That's 21. Out of the 24 guys, those are your contributors. That's yeah, that's not not and great. Then now, now do 22 and 23. 22, <laughs> you have um Jonathan Thompson and uh Jonathan Thompson, and potentially if if Gillison gets a start next week. That'd be your class of 22. Yeah. Depending on Grashtick and, and how he's doing. Right. That's, that's well, your yeah. whole class of 22. And Jonathan Thompson was the lowest rated recruit in that class. Tyler Gillison was the second lowest rated recruit in that class. <laughs> that's, that's it. 23. Nothing doing. Yeah. JQ gone. JoJo gone. 
Richardson gone, yeah, Eugenio gone, Burroughs gone, Peterson gone, Dalton here. Uh, Freeman left. I think he essentially said, I need a blank check for Chad Bowden. <laughs> it was really smart. Kind of. Well, I don't think it mattered because I think Bowden was just going like freeze the one that gave him his shot. Um, you know, because remember, Bowden came in as an intern for Freeman. Yeah. And started in his office. And I think once Marcus was gone, I think if Marcus would have, if there's at any point where Marcus came back, Bowden would have come back. Like that's, those two are, you know, tied at the hip. Yeah, you know what I would love? I would love if, you know, Satterfield blows this shit up a little bit. Freeman loses a couple more games. <laughs> Get our guy back here. Bring free home. We're gonna have to put that on a on a table for about two and a half more seasons. Yeah. What is the no? What is the uh, the one tweet? If every donor pays how much x amount of money, we it's not happening, Ryan. We're not. What we're not that? the other shitbag podcasts that cover UC. We're not doing that. Oh, I just thought that was funny, and I knew you'd get into it, Chad. I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> I just laughed myself. Well, let's. Let's do give some flowers out a little bit. Um, it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, we 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 mentioned the the rushing attack being on, but I thought that we saw some some glimpses of some pretty cool play designs, uh, especially in in the red zone and also on on the two point conversion where you know kind of you kind of saw a little bit of, of what coach sat can, can bring to the table as far as just getting exotic with it. You know, obviously he knew that there's difficulties of scoring when, once they get close to the end zone. And I thought, you know, in the, in the second quarter, the one, you know, play design where you, you rolled Emory out and you had the two receivers out there that kind of, you know, did a little bit of a double move, both of them and, and was able to find in the back of the end zone for a good score. Um, Xavier Henderson, and then of course the jumbo package again with Dante on one side and Jawan on the other side. And by the way, Dante Corleone had one hell of a block on that play. Just completely he could be a guard. Yeah, he could be I, a guard. <laughs> he, he destroyed his guy, um, and that's literally right where the, the the run went to. But also on that play, they had uh, Caleb Schmitz behind Emery when Emery was under center, and then Miles uh, Montgomery on one side. Corey Kiner on the other side. So I imagine, you know, they, they went right with it. I imagine they can go left with it, give the ball to uh, to Kiner if they decided that in the, f- in the future as well. Um, and then, of course, the two-point conversion was just a, a thing of beauty, you know, where you kind of just get that circus look and, and have all this distraction on the far side. And then Evan Prater hikes the ball and rolls out and catches the pass. It, it's just a – Really cool play design to see. Um, so I, I thought there were some good things there um, and potentially could bode well for the future because th- those are places where they struggle. And they, you also they have to look support. at play design in the run game because it, it was known coming in that Baylor was weak on the edges yeah. against the run. And yeah. there was some fantastic run design out wide that, mm-hmm. that exploited their weakness really well. Like, right. That's, that's how you get two guys up over 100 uh, in a game is, is you have good play design that goes after whatever weakness the other team has shown. Baylor's shown 
through seven games. They couldn't stop outside zone. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati just punished them with outside zone. They just couldn't throw the ball well enough in the first two and a half quarters to, to even it out and then get more points on the board. Yeah. And, and you know, I thought, I thought Corey ran with a lot of purpose in this game. Yeah. Um, he he looked like he was kind of trying to hit that extra gear. Obviously, he's not going to blow anyone away with speed, but he, he definitely had had some punishing runs. And then I think we saw our first glimpses of what we all expected out of Miles Montgomery. I mean, his his long touchdown run, thirty eight yard one, he literally was bottled up, nothing there, spun, and then you know broke one tackle and was able to uh, to prance into the end zone. So he broke one tackle. That's yeah. what then. That's what's been missing. Yeah. Make the one guy miss. Make the guy – there's one guy between you and the end zone. Make him miss, and you can run in for a touchdown, and it finally happened. And, and that's what Sat said before the year. He said, he said this offense, I'm going to set these running backs up to be one-on-one with the safeties a lot, and you're going to have to make a man miss, and then you can, can run as far as you want. And, yeah, we, we finally started to see that a little bit in this game. So, I, I mean, hats off to the offense and those – Areas um, and also Shamama Tayer yet again, really seemingly becoming the security blanket over the middle for Emory, um, and that's going to only bode well for the development of Shaman, as he is one of the only few young players on the team that are get that's getting the the snaps that that's getting the ability to show you okay the future could be bright because we've got this playmaker right here, so. Shouts to him as well. Um, and then sadly, the doom and gloom side of things. Defensive backfield is is tough. Uh and and Chad and Aaron and, and Ryan, I your guys' thoughts on, on Sat's comments when in, in regards to the defensive backfield, because I thought it was very candid that you know the the players that are playing are out there because they have to be. Um, in, in essence, saying like you know that that's what we've got right now, and we we mentioned last year how we were going to start to see what life was like after Sauce. I think we are now seeing what life is like after Sauce, Kobe, you know, Arquan, Arquan, JQ, or not uh, Jaquan, Des, Jaquan, Jaquan. <laughs> Des didn't play DBN. I know, but still, it's life after Des. Yeah, but um, great point. <laughs> uh, just I, a good candid response because obviously it's it's a glowing area that has 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 been a struggle spot. There, that one deep ball that you were talking about, Chad, that that was in the second half where it was double coverage and and shaping put a good good ball, but but your safety has to be over the top to break yeah. that up or to. You can't be, you can't come, like, I, just, I don't, I don't understand the math on how threats ended underneath the play. Yeah. It doesn't add up to me. And then another 50-50, like, air float ball that, you know, you've got three defenders there. You got to make, you got to make a move on the ball. And then all of a sudden, it, no, it just doesn't happen. Um, and then, of course, that, that one third and long, that, They've got a guy streaking across the middle, wide open. It's yep. just, it's just simply like plays that can't happen. Well, one of the questions I brought up to Keegan on Saturday night, and I'll ask you guys here, is the two groups that we're complaining about the most right now, 
are special teams and the secondary. And there's one person in charge of both of those groups. And that's Kerry Combs. Is it time to have a Kerry Combs discussion, despite what he brings to recruiting, at least historically has brought to recruiting, and the fact that he is Cincinnati? It's a tough conversation. He just got a big raise. I think a three-year deal or like, you know, it's. Do you, do you at least, do you at least consider, right, right. Do you at least consider moving special teams off of him so he can focus solely on secondary? I think like special teams has been an unmitigated disaster. Like, even the rake is not what – I mean, he was kicking lines like flat, short line drops Saturday in perfect conditions. There was no wind. Perfect. Yeah. It was 60 degrees and in, in calm. Like, I, you have to look at something. You have, like, you have to figure out something because – I and, and Ryan will attest to this. In a four-year window – you guys won games with special teams multiple, multiple, multiple times where special teams was the difference. Um, and right now we are getting the polar opposite of that. I agree more. And I think it's not good a enough. big reason why we're not, we're like <clears throat> games that, we lost where we should have won. I think special teams could have made a difference. Maybe not give us the win, but put us in better positions at certain certain scenarios, aka points not on the board, field position, momentum. That I don't know why every staff in America isn't like obsessed with special teams like we were with Fickle. Um, you're seeing that it 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 is. It's not like losing us games, but it's not helping us win when we need a lot of help. Yeah, like you can't you can't lose the hidden yardage battle by 150 yards every week because your punts are short and you're giving up kickoff returns and you're giving up punt returns and it you know you're you're you got guys that are letting the ball go out of bounds at the one yard line even though it hit the pylon but like it it has to be better it has to be better because again. You're in a coin flip league. This is going to for the as soon as Oklahoma and Texas leave, this is going to be a coin flip league for the foreseeable future. There is a there has not been anyone that has really separated from this pack yet in the recruiting rankings far enough where look, man, let's just be honest with ourselves. If you were down there when Oklahoma walked on the field, all of us went, oh. Oh, like, <laughs> oh, this yeah. is a lot different than that. And look, Iowa State, it wasn't as bad, but it was still bad. And Baylor, it was a little bit below Iowa State, but still their dudes look huge. Like, yeah. the, the, they look bigger across the board, on the lines, the linebackers, the DBs, the wide receivers. Like, they, they just – they have better rosters and Cincinnati has, even with all that said, Cincinnati has enough talent to be in the game 
every week. Yeah. But the mistakes are mind-numbing. They are infuriating. And and you can't – are some of them on coaching? Yeah, sure. Like, have yourself a field day with that. But if you're telling yourself it's all coaching, you're lying to yourself. Guys aren't going out and stepping up and playing above their level. They're playing below their level more often than not. Yeah. And, and I mean, the Sammy Anderson situation is obviously tough. But that's and, football. Right. No, I know. I'm I, I'm just saying it just. I know, like, but guys get hurt. Like, if you have right. to. It's another thing that just adds on top. But yeah, I. but the Chad, and, and we've talked about it a lot during the offseason is, the the two positions that are the most difficult to really enhance your team through the transfer portal is offensive line and then defensive like edge rushers. And you you're seeing this year that you know what all these like stud offensive linemen that are playing for these other big big name schools they're they're either developed through the other program to the point where now they are fourth year juniors, fifth year seniors, and they, they're big and they, they're playing at a high level, or they are transfers that came in because Oklahoma offered them a you know a scholarship and and, and recruited them through the portal. So it, it it's it's gotta be a developmental piece. And you know even like that Oklahoma game as you mentioned, we were we were standing on the uh on the Oklahoma one, side. Yeah end zone line like by the student section. Right, and and Jace Richardson's mom turns to me and goes, "Wow, these guys are a lot bigger than those guys down there." And I was like, "Yeah, I yeah." Mean, <laughs> I, but you know, it's it's just like it's like it's 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 a organic you got to grow it type situation. Um, I don't know. We'll see. It's it's well, and and, and we're learning something we didn't want to believe. Yeah, replacing fourteen guys in two years for the NFL. It's not something this program's ready to do. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like they hit gold. They hit gold with that group. Like, a giant pot of gold into the rainbow. Yeah, the leprechaun was there playing his shillelagh, the whole nine yards. But after the fact, it, it's really hard. Yeah, and they haven't done it. They haven't replaced them. Um. Aaron, what the, you about to say something? Yeah. I, I there was another question I wanted to bring up um, in regards to the Bearcat Council. I don't know if you've heard about this, Ryan. Um, it was mentioned in the post game pressers. Every team has this. This is something. This is not. This is something every team has. It's a group of veterans that. If that if that's the case, why did it take until mid season for them to form it? No, it's been there all year. I I'm pretty sure Nico. Was right, every team Nico told us about right? it. It's it's it was you're, those, you're on mute, right? You're, you're mute. Sorry, no, they had it before the season. Okay. <clears throat> every the team has it. it's not something new, yeah. it's just something that was mentioned that we met as a leadership council after the Iowa State game, which you're damn right you did because that was embarrassing. Like players only meeting type thing. Yeah, yeah, but of the of the core leadership of the team, yeah. Every team has that. That that's not anything new, and it's not yeah. new. Like that's what if you have that group, you damn well better have met after that Iowa State game. Yeah, 
I mean, I that's another thing to tip the hat to. They they did genuinely have each other's backs out there, and they they did genuinely oh, cheer each other on the whole game. The energy I was, was so excited after that threats hit when they got flagged for running on the field and yeah. waving towels and spraying water everywhere. I was fired. I'm like, that's what I'm fucking talking about. Like that's what we didn't see against Iowa State. Nobody had a pulse until Emory got sacked three straight times. It's like, oh jeez. But um, that's a different story. But yeah, it's it's good to see those side of things where, you know, I, that juice wasn't there, and, and I was even talking about it before the game. The team's gonna have to start to build their own juice because sadly, the way it is, is you know the 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 crowd's gonna start to slowly not disintegrate, but it's 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 gonna be a little bit more like on edge, and so the team's got to be the one really providing their own energy. Because once they start to show something, that's when the crowd will get back involved and back, back and give, giving them the excitement they need. But and you saw that in the second half. Yeah, right, right. I agree. Um, but I don't know. It is what it is. But you can't. You also can't go up seven to three. Immediately give up a touchdown. Yeah. And then, like like Carrie wrote in the in the further review today. Yeah, Cincinnati scores a touchdown to go up seven three. You go take a piss. By the time you sit back down, it's seventeen to seven. Yeah, and you're like, "What the fuck just happened?" <laughs> oh, mind boggling. I got a Cincy light. I sat back down. We were up four. We're down ten. How? Gosh, I was I, I was whispering in Aaron's ear, "We're back, baby. We're so back." Didn't didn't, weird. didn't quite turn out. Um, but it's I, weird. Have you asked Zach to move yet? <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna go start sitting in Justin Williams' seat. Yeah, if he's not gonna show up, go take his seat. Fuck that guy. Aaron, I'll, I'll <laughs> Aaron, I'll find a way to get into your ear some way, somehow. So I don't doubt that. You're so move, weird. Move as you will. I'll be I'll always be there. Um yeah, it just uncomfortable it sucks okay let's let's talk about the last drive um royer your thoughts on defensive pass interference in situations like that i i mean we already mentioned it you your your brownies actually lucked out in favor for them on on sunday with, with with situations like this but it did look like on that last set of downs first Braden smith coming out of a break uh, looked like he was out and pretty pr- pretty blatantly obvious. Should have been a, a DPI. And then the very next play, it's it's a pass to Shaman on on fourth and you know what eleven. And he was wearing him like a backpack. And he yeah, the defender was was draped all over him. It would have been short of the yard to game, but it was still another defensive pass interference. Um, and in moments like that. Do you think that certain, and I don't want to get into ref talk, but where it's like a whistle is swallowed and they kind of are telling the the, the players need to go and figure it out in, in these end game situations because it, it did feel like it was kind of a bit of a hose job there at the end. Yeah, I mean refs are always going to make bad calls, but you got to, it's, I don't know. It's yeah. You want to tell your players like, yeah, play through the bad calls, go make the play. 
Um, but you know, if you're <clears throat> targeting a guy running a out route at the sticks and he's getting held and the quarterback throws the ball where he should be, it's kind of like, there's not really a way to play through that or play around it. Yeah. But kind of, you just got to put yourself in position to succeed and hope that if there is a penalty that will get called. Um, but you know, also it's never good to be playing behind and having to put yourself in those situations. You know, you, you know, it's kind of stereotypical. You want to be the one that's on the other side of it, having to make a stop, but I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. Cause you want to, you want, it's not like all, we didn't lose that game because of that. And who knows yeah. if, if we would have got that call, we could have made a bonehead mistake. Like we've been accustomed to making these past right. five weeks in a row just to put everything down the shitter. But, you know, and, and, and lost in, in this whole discussion about, you know, lack of, of, of a penalty flag being thrown there. Emery put a beautiful ball that went through the hands of Xavier Henderson that would have put the Bearcats in field goal range two plays prior to these two flags. And, you know, in the end, the players got to make plays. You know, that was a it was a great pass. Coverage was there, but it literally went right through his hands. Um, I I hate the whole flag thing because yes, there are certain situations, and and it does feel like there's been a lack of DPIs called against you know for in, in favor of UC, which I went back and looked. There's been seven called against the Bearcats, and only three called in favor of the Bearcats throughout the whole year. Um, obviously, that is what it is. I honestly thought it was going to be a little bit higher of a discrepancy, but... They don't throw jump balls, though. Yeah, right. There's been no back shoulder throws. There's been no 50-50s. Generally, when they've thrown deep, Emory Jones has airmailed the target by three Over yards. Three. Yeah, right. And there's no chance for... Or a pass interference, or a you know hand fighting, or or right. whatever. Like they're not giving themselves the opportunity, and we've seen teams as their entire offense at times just we're throwing up a 50-50 ball, yep. and we feel good that we're we're going to get of the three outcomes a catch, incomplete pass interference that it's going to be one of the, the the two of the three, uh, and. We haven't talked about it nearly enough. This team can't take the ball away. It no. is. It is. It, you want to. You want to point special teams. Great. You want to point the lack of a passing game. Great. But. Goddamn hiccups. But. Every game, there's a dropped interception. Yeah. Every game, there's an opportunity to change the flow and the momentum of the game, and they drop it. I, I don't know what, like, again, the coaching staff draws it up, puts you in a position, and you don't make the play. Maybe that's the whole synopsis of the season. Guys are in position to make plays that they're not making. Right? Good, like, they're, they're, they're making the worst of it, uh, when we have the ball, they're making the least of it. When they have the ball, like it's it's a it's a it's it's a confluence of all of the bad things. 
Can't give up a big return. Guy gets a big return. Have to get an interception. Quarterback throws the ball to a defensive back. Drop. Can't turn it over. Fumble. Interception. You know, it's have to get a field goal. Blocked. Yeah. I mean, 116th in the country in, in interceptions is where the Bearcats currently rank. They're 108th in turnover margin. Um, and these are supposed to be the the two stats that a Brian Brown defense is Saxon near the top of the – Yeah. What did we talk about last week? It's a boom or bust defense, and all we're getting is bust. There's no boom. Yeah. <laughs> what? I mean, or it's Thrifty Walrus said, it's the bend and break defense. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, true. Um I don't know, man. It's tough. It is tough. I, I let's see here. So fiftieth. I don't have any. I don't, we've been doing this for an hour and fifteen 50th minutes. Total I don't have, stats. I'm out of things to say. Yeah, me too. Uh, let's go ahead and timestamp it. You know, in the end, uh, another tough loss. Five straight. Uh, Thirty-two twenty-nine. But the good thing about you know college sports is that there's another game. <laughs> there's another game coming up next Saturday. Are you sure, that's a good thing. Yeah, because I, I think it's it's probably going to get ugly in Stillwater. I, I'm hey, not looking forward to. I might skip Wednesday night's podcast. Royer, 29 carries, 282 yards, four touchdowns. That is what Oklahoma State running back Ollie Gordon the second had on Saturday at West Virginia. Let's go. Sign us up. Oh yeah, <laughs> and they they finally chosen a quarterback, Alan Bowman. You know the, the former Texas Tech and, and Michigan quarterback. They finally said, "All right, let's roll with you." But Coach Gundy said, "Since I has the best defensive line he's seen all year." <laughs> Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low minimum next day deliveries. They provide a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029, and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. If you know, no, if you didn't know, now you know. Glad he got all those yards and touchdowns out of his system before playing UC. Yeah, I agree. Thrifty Walrus. Thrifty Walrus, Aaron, is back to being our number one commenter. He's he's back with the heat. If you if you outside did, of Steve no. from Oklahoma, Steve. Steve from Oklahoma holds a special place in my heart. <laughs> you didn't know, now you know. Not one, but two commitments. Coming today, uh, both of them flips, flip, 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 game over. Um, one is a three star offensive lineman, Aiden Pastoriza, six foot seven, 250 pounds out of Michigan. And then, of course, Georgia defensive lineman, Lendrick Barber, another three star coming in, committed to the Bearcats. Um, obviously. There's talk around these commitments, but hey, two two more additions to the class. Uh, 
Chad, Aaron, Ryan, Chad, we'll, we'll fire over you first. Thoughts on the commitments and kind of just furthermore of what they do for the, uh, the whole entire class. So kind of what I was told, you know, as we got to the end of that, like, commitment cycle, uh, you know, in August or whatever, um, after the official visits, and it, it looked like things had settled down, um, I said, you know, what? It, what's it look like the rest of the way? And I was told the rest of the way we are going to be scouring the tape, looking for bodies, O-line, D-line. You know, we, we're pretty happy with the, with what we've got on the skill positions. We got our quarterback. Um, we need better and more uh, guys in this class in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Uh, we saw that with the commit a couple weeks ago. We see it today with Pastoriza uh, on the offensive line. And then you go out and get a, you know, 6'3", 305-pound defensive lineman that, you know, they don't have a lot of those guys. There's not a lot of those dudes on this roster. So, um, you know, it's at worst, they're depth pieces that develop and you see where they are in in two, three years uh, once you get them into the program. But um, I know... Pastoriza is a guy that the staff really liked and, and really had been working on for a while. Um, had him to, to town uh, a couple weeks ago. And, you know, things went really well. And it, clearly, look, if you're if you're an offensive lineman and you're a tackle and you're looking for a place to go that that might need you sooner than later, uh, watch the tackle play here. Uh, especially on passing downs, but you know, he's a guy that um, plays in more of a run centric offense right now. So probably going to have to work a little bit on those, those pass protection skills, but super long six, seven, two fifty. These are the guys I think, you know, need to be the focus. You know, the, those guys that are, that are six, five, 300 pounds, we saw six years of them, yeah. and none of them really splashed. So right. uh, let, let's try something different. Let, let's let's define the defy the definition of insanity, which is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting the same results. Let's look at a a different crop. Let's look at a different group uh, to, to see if what you can find is is more suitable. And I will say, this is a recruiting staff that loves game tape like they are scouts that that's mm-hmm. why they were brought here that they yeah. are much more than rah rah getting on the phones and sending out 503 mailers to a, a recruit not that, that stuff's not effective but these are guys that are legit like grinding tape yeah. and and you know evaluating guys and they said they were going to place a high priority on trying to find some guys that maybe were just off the radar or, or, or right on that line that put up really, really good senior tape. And this is one of the, these are both guys that have, have fit that bill, put up good senior tape. Hey, there's a place for you. Yeah. Which, which is why I loved what, what Jack Griffith uh, tweeted out. Cause you know, obviously 
people uh, fans are taking the whole um some fans are taking the whole you know flipped him from central michigan to cincinnati and then also referencing you know the fact that they they flipped um barber from coastal carolina to cincinnati and then when so so griffith comes out on uh twitter and says trust the process trust the game tape so uh, you know it's it's not like anything else matters to them other than what you were saying chad what they see on on the film and if, if they didn't like what they saw they wouldn't try to flip these guys they they wouldn't try to recruit them you know what i mean so it's it's just a the process <laughs> and sadly at this point you do have to trust the process um and yeah i, I mean six seven man I, like long and from from the tape that i've seen he looks like he's he's pretty you know athletic it's not like he's just you know like a, like a tall ovi type guy so I don't he know. stood out when he came to visit cincinnati i asked somebody who he was because he was so damn tall like yeah I mean, he was kind of standing off to the side, not in like the group on the sidelines with everybody. And I'm just like, who's that? What yeah. does he do? Right. It's a big dude. What's up, Shaman? Roy are getting a shout out from Shaman and Chad. <laughs> um, he up, he also ha- how you doing, brother? <laughs> he also has a according to his Twitter profile, an 83 inch wingspan and a nine foot broad jump. Hey, we'll take those, man. We will absolutely take those. Um, and then, of course, you know, we mentioned a, a, another Georgia um, prospect, you know, from from the state of Georgia, which is we we touched on how strong the high school uh, sports are there in, in in Georgia. So, obviously, getting a, a player like Kendrick Barber as well just fits that size profile for the defensive line that uh, that the team is going to miss in the, in, the, in the next coming of years. Uh, Obviously, with Dante and and Jawan eventually moving on to uh, the NFL, so yeah, I, I I mean, just you gotta look look beyond what you can just simply see and, and understand that this is a, a deep and talented recruiting staff, and when they burn the tape and they watch it and they like what they see, they're gonna go after guys. So I uh, I'm all for it. Um, as far as basketball recruiting goes. Uh, Chad, you had an update on Travis Perry after his visit. Um, you know, I, Boogie Flan is a name that I mentioned to you, Chad, that, that, you know, he committed to Kentucky, uh, last, at the end of last week, this uh, is kind of that combo guard profile. That is what Perry pretty much will be. That point guard could probably play off ball too. Uh, not doesn't have an, a, a direct exact impact on things, but it definitely, helps aid a little bit to uh to the continued uh, recruitment of perry and aside from your from your uh thoughts on it seems like everything went pretty well on perry's visit and now it's it's itching closer to a uh, pending decision coming up within the next probably month yeah i mean i i said what i said <laughs> it's it's on the board um that's you know we got we got making pay for something right yeah, um yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's you know visit was good they went to top golf uh, i'm sure that's something he liked they had dinner at wes's house as a team uh after the game you know i'm not sure what you know everything sounds like they they checked the boxes uh guess we'll see where it goes from here um i would 
I would think within, you know, we're two and a half weeks, roughly or so, three weeks from signing day. Yeah. Um, I would, you know, my, it sounds like all intent from the family is to, uh, to sign on in the early period. So we're, we're down the stretch. It's just a matter of, uh, seeing what he does. It is jaw dropping to like listen to in seventh grade. He averaged 25 points for the varsity basketball team in eighth grade. He averaged 28 points in the ninth grade, 10th grade, and then 11th grade. He averaged like 35 last year. He's going to be going to be one of the, he is the all time leading scorer in, in the state of Kentucky. Right. I, yeah. I believe that's, that's the case. And then he's going to be one of the five or so high school basketball players to score over 5,000 points in their career, which is just like, I don't know. I don't, can he get to five? I, I, I was watching a video that said he's, he's cl- close to it. I I don't know how, how many points is needed. Probably like, I don't think he's at four yet. Is he not at four yet? I think he's a little, I don't know. The last, the last I remember was three something, which is still insane. To score 3,000 points. Um, and how, how about like, I mean, I don't know what his, okay. So he, as of, yeah, it says Perry averaged 32 points, blah, blah, blah. Entered the state tournament with 43, 17. Oh, wow. 21 points shy of breaking the career scoring record of 43, 37. So I think he, he obviously beat it. He can get to five then. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's bananas. <laughs> What's insane. up, Jamon? Sorry. I was away for a second. It is insane. Good to see um, you, brother. But yeah, so would would love to bring him in, and uh, obviously, it's he's at the top of the target list for uh, for the class. So we'll see how that goes, especially as the decision looms. Um, just It'd be real nice on signing basketball signing day to Tyler McKinley, Tyler Betsy, Travis Perry. Like, oh, yeah. all right, there's our there's our three high school guys. Yeah, and we'll we'll see what what breaks from there. Three top one hundred players, not too shabby. Um, and then, obviously, basketball media days last week. You, you, Dave, and uh, Keith kind of touched on it a little bit. Obviously, the news is out about the uh, whole waiver process. Um, you know, with uh, both Aziz and Jamil. Uh, yeah, just a, now it's a a time to 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 hit it. Head on, I thought uh, Wes was pretty, pretty straightforward with his frustration and with, you know, his his saying that they laid out everything that they saw was a perfect reason for them to be able to be eligible because they fit every category that the NCAA was asking for. The whole thing is obviously just a, it's it's a black eye on on the NCAA. It's just hard for this whole policing, this, that, and the other. Um, but obviously West has been hitting it head on and, and wants to make the right decisions, make, make, make the right moves necessary for, and, and he keeps mentioning it. He doesn't want to dive into Aziz or Jamil's life. He wants to kind of let them, you know, live, but he is fighting for them because it, it's what is right. And he wants to help them out in any way. So yeah, going to be a, uh, Interesting process as things play out two weeks out from the uh, from the season. Yep. I mean, I don't really have a whole lot else to say on the matter. Like, uh, yeah, I, I talked about it for four days. Like, 
Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I, you know, I would like to think that we would know something on the appeal one way or another from Aziz within a week. Mm-hmm. If not, it'll be interesting to see what, what UC's plan of action is if they're dragged their feet. We're 14 days from the start of the season. Like, yeah. Let's get this done. Yeah. Me too. Um, is the second super secret scrimmage, uh, is that, that's still coming up, right? Um, it's this coming weekend against Indiana State. I'm not sure yeah. when. It's okay. here, I believe. So, okay. well, 8 p.m. basketball game, and then I mean, football game. So, it'd be fun late Saturday night. But, uh, yeah, um, obviously, yeah. the super secret, not so super secret scrimmages are becoming ever more open to the public these days, which is pretty wild. Um, I, I think I saw like, Ohio State had like a full entire stream of one of their super secret. It's scrimmages. more open to the public no. than it is to the media at this point. Yeah, no, that was a a charity game. Was that a charity game? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Anthony Grant has a mental health charity, I think, for his daughter. Okay. Um, and they so they had a an exhibition, like a, a whatever against Ohio State that was uh open to the public and streamed and whatever I, I like i am i'm i'm scared of how much money i would pay to watch the super secret basketball scrimmage these days with uh with with what's going on on the other ends but um yeah so i'm sure the uh reports will be out it's, it's funny yeah, see, i'm like, sure i'll have some info on the board yeah but it's it, it's funny looking at like truly donovan all on on saturday and sunday it was just like Posting like, oh, uh, per sources, Holy Cross beat Trinity. Lehigh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like okay. All right, I guess we're back. College basketball's here. But, um, yeah, so we'll have more of that as we inch closer to it. And, obviously, as, you know, next Monday we'll be we'll, – we'll have more basketball talk because, obviously, it's, it's the one right before. And then I guess with the Monday night game – We might have Monday, to do it Sunday. Yeah, do like a Sunday pod. Yeah, Sunday night pod. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have more more b-ball, more b-ball, man. It's right around the corner. And Unless you guys want to sack up and rock an 11 p.m. BBP after the uh, open season opener. I mean, I'll do it from your from your couch right next to you, Chad. We can hold hands. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the uh, it's almost here. We are. We're Eric Hicks and Jackson Bart away, days away from the uh, start of the old season. So um, it'll be exciting either way. But a lot can happen from now until then. So stay locked into BCJ as always. Um, let's go ahead and time stamp and we'll, we'll dive into this BBP mailbag. Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. They provide mostly disposable restaurant supply products like to-go containers, cups, pizza boxes, to-go bags, can liners, napkins, etc. They've been open since 2009 or one of the largest minority-owned companies in the city. Call our guy Nick, 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. All right, diving into the mailbag, uh, mailbag being brought to you by Homefield. Ooh, 
me get to that real quick. Home Field Apparel, your premium collegiate apparel brand based in Indianapolis. They have a commitment to creating incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. They have a growing collection of over 150 colleges to choose from, including the Cincinnati Bearcats. They have two full lines that they have released on Cincinnati. Just go to homefieldapparel.com and at checkout, enter BCJ23 for a one-time 15% off of your order. Homefield makes the best stuff. It's the most comfortable stuff that I have found in the collegiate landscape. I got the uh, Bearcats Baseball 1954. I'm rocking tonight from home field. So uh, make sure you go to home field. They have the best hoodies. They have a great pair of joggers, a quarter zip. You name it, home field has got it. And uh, hopefully one of these days we get a Bearcats bomber jacket. Time That's the only thing we haven't tell. gotten yet. All right, starting off in the football portion of the mailbag. This team is probably five plays going our way, away from having three more wins, Miami, BYU, Baylor. We have somehow found a way to make losing plays in all of those games. What does everybody think this can be attributed to? Bad luck, bad coaching, or a roster of guys that don't know how to win? Where's the game breakers? Where where are the guys that just go when you need a play? Like, that's the thing. That, that's the thing that we're not discussing enough is shit happens. You, you have occasionally a guy throws a pick six. Occasionally you give up a punt return. But where are the guys for Cincinnati that answer? You know, they had that. Finally, we saw a little bit of that life against Baylor uh, to get back in it at the end. But we haven't seen it enough. It's, again a team that has not held a lead in the second half since Miami. And that tells me they don't have enough dudes. Dudes that you just, like, you just know, like, you know, Ryan will attest to this. Throw the ball up to Alec and just have Alec go make a play or give the ball to Mike Warren. And Mike Warren's going to figure out in the fourth quarter how to get shit done. Um, There's not enough of those guys on this roster. Uh, What? James Wiggins. It's going to make a pick in the back end of the defense with the game on the line. James Wiggins or Derek Forrest are going to find a way to come up with the ball in their hands. And there's not been enough of those guys. Um, there's not been enough of those plays. Um, the 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 lack of turnovers is just – it just devastates you because they've lost the, you know, 108 in, in turnover margin. Um, they're not – they're not creating – their own destiny, which allows for all of your mistakes to pile up because you're not erasing any of them. You're not saying, okay, yeah, we screwed up. We made a bad play. Like we're going to go, we're going to go make it right. They're not making it right. They're not, you know, they're not doing what is necessary to come out on the other end, making enough plays to win. Um, They just don't have enough guys that are our difference makers uh, over four quarters team is not meshing with each other good enough the staff isn't meshing with the players good enough the staff isn't meshing with itself good enough and you 
com- combine that with the playmakers that are able to just kind of change a game, regardless of those factors I just laid out. And you're going to end up with five straight losses. You're going to end up with winnable games, ended up being a loss. Do, repeat that, repeat that again, repeat that again. Right. So you don't have like game breakers are huge, but like a, a supplemental cast alongside them of just steadfast, like steady, you're confident that everyone's going to do their job and just be gritty and find a way to win. They it might not be 11 guys that are just like NFL talent um, playmaking. Yeah, but you can't, Brian, you can't lean on that. You had NFL talent make plays. No, I know. Games. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying if you combine those two things. If they have, have the have, one thing. They have enough guys to hang around. They've hung think? around in every game but Iowa State. They've well, hung just, around fine. Yeah, I. Well, but right, I'm saying, it's like you don't have like the. If, if if Dez wasn't like Dez, like we're seeing it in the NFL, he's not playing well. But guess what? He's finding a way to win games. He's playing well enough to go take them yeah. on the final drive, even though he had a dread like three turnovers in the red zone, had a bad day. But guess what? When the chips were down, Dez Ritter got them in a position to win the game. Like that's. Having the problem is Ryan, they've got too many that are just a bunch of guys that can make sure that they're around. Yeah, I think we're kind of saying thing. I think we're saying like kind yeah, kind of the same thing, just that we don't have anything that we need. (laughs) Ask yourself this. Look at this roster. Who's on the NFL radar? No one. <laughs> Dante, Jawan, Shavon. Dante. Okay. Mason Fletcher. There's like three punters a year that make it in the NFL. He's not playing like an NFL punter this year. Maybe DP. I, but yeah. Somebody at the door? Did anybody hear that? What was that? Not knock? here. What was that? Roy is Ruben. He's about no. to pop up. Here we go. He's about to pop up. At, it's coming. He's at the sink. He's he's doing some dishes. Hey, hey. I'm just waiting to see him in a in a costume pop in for Halloween. Look, Randy, <laughs> of, of course, Marty Gilliard, but it was 15 years ago, Randy. 14 years ago. Like we're talking about new stuff. New stuff. All right. Um uh, Will UC win another football game this year? If they could only win one more game, who do you want that game to be against? Uh, right now, I I don't have any confidence that they will until they show me. We're in the, uh, you know, I see better than I hear portion of, of this fiasco. Uh, but the answer is, I mean, what a stupid question that is. Central Florida. Duh. Yes. Yeah. Just, just at this point in time, Central Florida and Cincinnati are at the bottom of the Big Twelve at zero and four. Yeah. And Cincinnati had one win in the Big Twelve in year one. Central Florida. Yes. Hundred percent. Here. Because I, also it's here. Yeah. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to. I don't. 
I don't want to have to log out from Twitter for a week. Yeah. I don't want to hear that. But Just but there's part of me way. that wants our first Big 12 win to be against an original Big 12 team. But I, no, also, it doesn't. So. There's that part of you is wrong. Central Florida. <laughs> I mean that that part of me is pretty 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 not not happy. But right, that part of you is wrong. But so, you that, you also don't you also don't want to lose five home games. Right, yeah. like you well, don't want to lose five home games. So I just looked real quick at the you Kansas know, is the, here, just the uh, you know predictor. Five straight home games. Yeah, I looked. I looked real quick at like the percentage winning probability for the final games down the rest of the way. Only one game Cincinnati is projected to win, and that do you know is, the last that is Kansas at home. Which do you know that the last, is the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my which life. Is interesting. Do you know the last season Cincinnati lost five straight home games? Because I do, only because, and I'll give him his flowers. Keegan was looking it up right before we hopped on to the, either before or after um, we did the nightcap. Yeah. It was the same season we beat Wisconsin. Yeah, and then they tanked the rest of the year. They beat Wisconsin, it's and then been that tanked. long since we lost five straight home games. Ron Dane played for that Wisconsin team and won the Heisman. Ron Dane is what in his fifties? How old is Ron Dane? Rick uh, Minter also, was the coach. I am also came to the realization that my bet. Of five wins is very <laughs> oh. much in jeopardy. Oh yeah. Oh man. And I was talking about man, I should have put a, a band on that. I should put <laughs> that was me. That was me before the year. That was me after week two. Like God, Royer. Five K on Royer. I, I I I've got a little bit of it at four and a half, over four and a half. And I'm still sitting here like shit. <laughs> like I feel no, yeah, now. I'm at the no, I'm at the over four and a half too, Brent. I okay. need five. Oh, yeah, that's what I, I'm saying. Like, I hammered five and a half, and I hammered four and a half, oh. and now I'm just sitting here like, hey, uh, please give me five. <laughs> what, what do you feel? L L L L L L. What do you feel bad about, Chad? Ron Dane's younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> Pain, I was making a joke about how fucking old Ron Dane is. Yeah, walk right into course, that one. Yeah, man. he's younger than me. Huh. By like six months, but yeah, he's younger. Was than that me, was so that ninety eight, Aaron? So I'm just gonna do this to myself 90, for the rest 97? of it. Was it ninety seven or ninety eight? It was because ninety eight was the last time that they they won only two games, and then. So yeah, it might have been ninety-seven because I'm not seeing Wisconsin there. Yeah. Um. Huh. All right. Uh, wouldn't special teams be the first and easiest thing to fix? It's cost UC two to three wins. Do you think, Ryan? You've you've been on the inside. Do you think it would be the first and easiest thing to fix? You'd you played to, special teams. Yeah, but you, you'd have to revamp the whole opinion of it on the team, which isn't going to be easy. You'd have to start making guys literally fight two, 
tooth scratch and nail to be on the units like and that might be I, I don't feel like it's at that point right now and that would be hard to get but like we've said before coach mason like it was he wasn't doing easy shit like he wasn't it wasn't easy for him to put that game plan together put the practice plan together and meet with us like that it, it is not easy and it's not easy to be elite at it. it it requires elite attention elite players elite give a shit factor and that's really hard to get all those together at once so. i'm curious royer luke luke when you deal with position guys um they should have a different affinity for special teams because they had to play it. like you know, position guys for the most mean? part like not quarterbacks it's kind of what i'm getting at here uh sats quarterback you think maybe quarterbacks don't uh don't have that maniacal responsibility to special teams like you saw like i'm guessing fick played special teams some special teams the way that he cared about it mm. and the way that most football players early in their career when you're in high school you start on special teams unless you're ridiculous when you're in college you start on special teams if you're lucky enough to get to the nfl you're playing a lot of special teams quarterbacks don't play special teams like so is that maybe where that's you valid see... that's valid yeah i'm that's just valid. trying yeah. like look man there's been so much that's been going through my brain trying to like Nah, that's out. very, very good point. And they also Fickle was a, a trestle um child. Sure. Who was, you know, everyone knows about him in Columbus for being this the special teams maniac. But no, I, I agree with you. Like, but we had guys like on our team, Fickle, Fickle brainwashed special teams. We had like the quarterbacks were in the, the backup quarterbacks or the third string quarterback. They'd come to the special teams meeting, like, get me on the field, get me on the field. Like, special teams is, is so important. Like, this is how I make a name for myself. This is how I get reps, how I get snaps. You got that on special teams. So, if you were, if you were a two or you were a three or a four, um, and you were – Your path and to you, playing time was special teams. Yeah, yeah, and your path to acknowledgement, your path to any bit of a chance to ever move up the ladder is on your special teams drills and practice in the off season and then in season and how you, how you handled it in practice and in the game, it was, if you create it as like the tryout for, for, for your yeah. reps, like you're going to get like good ass players on there going hard as hell. It's created. A Whatever's good happening right now. Is broke. Yeah. And I think it's, it's the, the leader, the, the leadership around it. Um, I think is, Look, most responsible. it's easy for guys that have been playing at a high level their entire lives, and you don't get to this point if you didn't play at a high level for most of your football life. It's easy to degrade, denigrate special teams because those guys were below you, quote-unquote. You know, you, you didn't have to go out for kickoff return and punt return and kick coverage and punt coverage and you know, uh, field goal 
uh, block, field goal. It, like you, you didn't, no matter what your position, most of these guys have been coming in uh, have not had to deal with that for most of their high school careers. You have to make it. You have to make it like the way the, the, if we see you and maybe this is something that is, is year one, right? Because they haven't seen that. What happened for you guys is that year one, everybody saw Tifo and Kobe and, and that crew that came in and that fresh, that smaller freshman class, they went out there on special teams and kicked ass and made a name for themselves and got on the field in year two. And maybe we just haven't gotten there yet. I mean, I've noticed Raekwon Atkins out there a lot on special teams. Um, I, I've noticed some Barry Jackson. Like I've noticed some of these younger guys that have, you know, kind of gotten out there. Maybe it takes an extra year for those guys to go from, okay, they did it on special teams. Now the culture says, if you do it on special teams, now you get your chance in the in the two deep or whatever. Um, maybe that's the part we haven't seen yet. Because I, I will say, Ryan, that had to be a factor in why special teams was so important. Because Scott Alan Pierce made his name on special teams. You know, Sauce didn't have to do it because he was Sauce. Like, yeah, he was. You know, <laughs> probably the best, arguably the best Bearcat ever. He's right up there. In yeah. terms of, I, I, I have said, I think he's the most talented player, at least since, you know, I, I didn't watch Greg Cook. I can't comment on Greg Cook. And Statistically, too. But, yeah, well, there were no statistics yeah. because nobody dared to throw yeah. it. Yeah, the, right. that means something. <laughs> right. Wow. Nick, Saban, Nick Saban had Jamison Williams and was like, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> we're good. We're not. We're not going to throw to the best receiver in college football. We'll but just I, run I the ball. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do think it's important that you have to show, you have to establish that if you make your name on special teams, it means something in the hierarchy of the program. And they haven't had that chance yet. So I think it is fair to mention that, at least. Yeah. I One of my favorite things about Sauce is that teams you know, shot away from so much to the point that we literally came up with, the corner blitz numerous times and sauce just teed yeah, off just to get court. sauce involved just get sauce involved <laughs> <coughs> <Goodness>. you good <laughs> i'm good <laughs> all right on that note over under on 25 and a half high school commitments currently we stand at 24 Twenty-four seven has this uh, at twenty-three, but I don't think they added the evening defensive tackle. Yeah, Barber. I'll go over, but not confidently. Like taking two more, if they find two more guys that the tape matches, you know what they're looking for. Saw and and I would assume it would also be. You know, unless something really crazy like pops up, like after the season, somebody decommits or doesn't sign or whatever, um, I, I I'll go slightly over, but not confidently. I say over, confidently. 
Yeah, I'd say over two. Just because, I mean, there could be yeah, more. Just remember, you only get 85, and they are planning on hitting the portal once again. So every right. high school kid you take is one less portal kid you can take. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't confidently go anywhere close to like 27. 20. If you're saying confidently, that means you think 27, 28 high school commits. I'm not confident in that at all. I confidently say 26. All right. Next question. Do you foresee it likely that Scott Satterfield's tenure ends with a winning record? Um, no. Starting two and ten makes it real fucking difficult. I'll tell you that much. Not easy. Yeah. I. I mean. I. Obviously, the. I thought. It, I thought this season winning record this season. No. No. His his <laughs> entirety here at Cincinnati. Oh. Jesus. So, like, his overall record or in that Correct. final season? Yeah. Do you foresee it likely? Day, he is no longer the coach at Cincinnati. <laughs> does he end up with a winning record? <laughs> Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> we lost Brett. Brett left. He's mad. Yeah, you know, so uh, the way that I read this question is, uh, yeah, it's it's hard to hard to come come back from a rough first season. That's a lot of wins you got to make up for. But correct, um, yeah, I don't know. I I'd say you're behind the eight ball on this one. So the other I'm problem gonna... is you're you're probably not going to hit a lot of those ten and twos in the yeah. Big Twelve, right? where you can quickly erase a two and 10, right? Like Fick had a four and eight and then he followed it with a, what? 11 and 11 and two or 10 and 11 and three, whatever it was. Uh, Wait, no, 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 10 and three. So whatever it was. 11 and three the year after. Yeah. Um, But yeah. uh, Like look at Dave Aranda. At Baylor, he had that twelve and two season, and his his overall record right now is twenty three and twenty at Baylor. And yeah. I, I'm think I, I'm thinking Baylor probably ends up losing more games the rest of the way. And if this is his final season there, then he's going to end with a losing record, even with that one twelve and two season. So I don't know. It's tough. <laughs> I don't think it's tough. I don't. I don't think starting off this way that you finish with a winning record not in not in the big 12 we're still in the american sure yeah here's the thing if they go three and nine all it takes is a nine and three to get back to 500 but i don't know how close they are to a nine and three like what two years away and what are you what is your record as you build to that nine and three you know what i mean like do you go do you go two and ten uh, four and eight, and then pop six a nine and, and three. Right. We need that Michigan yeah. Stafford. We need the Michigan Stafford next year. He's yeah. going to get right for Michigan. We'll get him over here. The details we'll that are coming on coming out on that game. are wild. Hey, Pete Thamel. Hey, we know we know what happens when Pete Thamel puts an article out. 
it, it, good, is, it is it is very very likely <laughs> well did you see that the stuff tonight Royer? the stuff people digging into his venmo people are going crazy on this so i saw bought... i saw pictures of him next to harbaugh and mentor Royer. and the oc during the michigan game yeah i saw that they have the, they have dug up him buying tickets to 30 games at 11 different uh, venues. And they have tracked down like the people that were sitting in the seats and they are recording off of like surveillance footage. They are recording the sidelines. It's only, it's only bad if he films it. If he can go there, he can go there and sit there and, and, chug through but he wasn't going he was buying tickets and sending other people like on his dime to go to these games and spy on signals and no that's not okay you cannot advance scout in college football really yeah no advanced scouting it's in the room you can't go you can't go and try to steal stealing signals is not is not bad it's if you're filming them and then taking the film and lining it up with the game film. Right. But you're also not allowed to advance scout. You cannot okay. send people to uh, advanced locations. Like that's just a college. Like you can do that in the NFL. They're allowed to advance scout, but you that's can't do that. In college. Rule. Yeah. All right. Back to the mailbag. Damn which it. under, which underclassman has been the biggest surprise positive on offense, defense, and special teams this season? Shimon uh, on offense. Shimon on offense. Jonathan Thompson's emergence on defense is something that is, you know, important because we've talked about Jonathan Thompson from the day he arrived. Like, yeah, he has the ability. And mm-hmm. it's good to see that happening. Uh, special teams. I don't know what Oliver Bridges our, made a good tackle. Our kicker. Carter our Brown. kicker. Yes. Yeah, he's he's young. That's right. He is young. Yeah. Yes. You're right, Aaron. Yes. Nailed it. Good job, Aaron. It, well, and and also uh, shouts to Gilly. Gilly's getting a lot of of uh, yeah reps Gilly's out there. there. Yeah. yeah. So especially when Gresham went down, like I I think I from what I saw, if I was if I had to pick at, through camp, Gilly or Jamal Williams, I would have picked Gilly because he made more plays. Right. Yep. And we're starting to see that play out. Yep. All right. Um, if this season so far could be described by a rock song, would it be A, Nobody's Fault But Mine by Led Zeppelin? No, 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 B, no, 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 no. no. B, Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For by U2. Before You Accuse Me, Take a Look at Yourself by Eric Clapton. Help by The Beatles. Help! Or E, I Can't... I need somebody. Uh, or I Can't Get No Satisfaction by The Rolling Stones. Bonus selection, Manic Depression by Jimi Hendrix. Hey, nobody's fault but mine. This team is where it is through their own uh, fault. I agree. I like help, though. Help's good. I need somebody help. Not just anybody. I mean, I I think for me personally, it, it would be B because I still support and love them, and, and and I bet them every single week, and hoping that they're, and I just still haven't found what I'm looking for. So, 
Look, yeah. man, if you're going to bet them every week, I'm just not going to pay you anymore. And I'm going to use that money for something productive. Hey, I, you know what? I get, <laughs> I get strategic about it, you know? <laughs> I'm going to go off the grid and say, I'm not okay. I promise by my chemical romance. That wasn't an option. I don't care. <laughs> I, I live in, in newer rock. Okay. Fair. All right. B-ball portion. That's the end of the football portion of the mailbag. Moving on to the basketball portion. To what extent do the struggles of the football team put more fan pressure on the basketball team to exceed expectations? And do any of you think this is unreasonable or unfair? Unreasonable, unfair, stupid, ignorant. Uh, how many things, how many terms can I come up with? Do you do you hold the Bengals at fault if the Reds have a bad season? Yes. No. I don't. Come on. Anthony. I don't. You knew what you were getting with this question. You were trying to rile me up. Everybody's got their stick. But yeah, excited for basketball as well. There we go. Is there I any think sense? I'm going to kill myself by Elton John. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty Walrus. Love it. I th <laughs> wasn't that by the wedding singer? <laughs> uh, is there any sense of wa if waivers aren't granted that a lawsuit will follow? Stay tuned. TBD. Mm -hmm. Dot, dot, dot. Stay tuned. Dot, dot, dot. On, on, next, on, net, on next week's episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> one headlight by the wallflowers. That's a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. <laughs> well done, Crypt Keeper. Is Simas a some situational point guard or only an emergency point guard? He is someone that in the half-court setting uh, they will use to run offense. They will run offense through him because he is a good passer. He has a good feel for the game. Um, it depends on your definition of quote-unquote point guard. Like, he can run the offense even if he's not the guy that brings the ball up the floor. You inbound the ball, point guard, quote-unquote, brings the ball up the floor. Stimos sets a very simple uh, ball screen or handoff situation, and now he's in control of the offense from the top of the key. To me, that means he's playing the role of point guard. Um, so it's just how you dissect it. But Stimos is going to have the ball in his hands initiating offense a lot. So take that however you may. What's so funny, bro? What are you laughing at? You're smiling at something over there. Old TikTok. Funny, funny text I got. There we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, Chad, I agree. I think, it, I mean, honestly, it could be both. If, if Jizzle right. and Day Day get in foul trouble, you know, th then it's emergency. But I think, like you're saying, not necessarily bring the ball off the court and, you know, guard the other team's primary ball handler, but run the offense initiating for offense like yeah. that to me that's you're, you're being guard. asked to be yeah. a point guard right right get busy Aaron? living or get busy dying by fallout boy okay 
we're dying, Aaron. Like I'm we're aware. dying. I'm, I'm aware. I feel the talent at the point guard spot is as good as it's been in a while. Dede was a top three Juco in the country, and James was a top 50 type talent in his class. Is the fan base overthinking the point guard concerns? If they were still in the American, yes. They are in the best basketball conference in the country. Uh, there are a lot of very good, very good point guards in this conference. And if you are bad at point guard, uh, then you are in bad shape in this conference. So no, they are not overreacting. No one is no one is overreacting to the the fear that they don't have a point guard that has dribbled a basketball in a Division One basketball game. That's that also is, not to say that there won't be one of these guys. They can't who... they, right, but Correct. we're in the preseason. Like yes. we don't know. We have never seen one of these guys. Question marks are scary. Question right. marks are, are scary. We talked about question marks leading into the football season. Mm -hmm. Lots of question marks. And guess what? We're still talking about when are these question marks get like unfortunately we're getting answers to the question marks in football. They're not good answers. They're not good answers. Mm -hmm. So do I feel pretty good about the talent at point guard? Yes. Do I know how they're going to play in a Division One game over, you know, a, a three-week stretch that includes, like, Kansas and Baylor and Texas Tech and the, the – Oh, the, my. The, 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 like, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Jayhawks and Bears and Lions. Oh, my. Like, there's no Lions, but I couldn't come up with one quick enough. But, like, yeah, I'm concerned over a five-month stretch that there's going to be a period where the point guard play is not – uh, high, high level division one point guard. Um, and that's okay because they're both new, but also you could go one and four in that stretch, uh, because your point guard play was not great. So it might look great in November, might look great in December. And then you have a stretch in January where they don't play well. And we're sitting here on this podcast on Monday nights and Royer's looking at his phone and the three of us are like, well, they just. They're not playing well at point guard. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, well, I do agree, though. Like, like you know, the I have no idea what the hell's going on. With I know. That's why I made it too. <laughs> the whole point. <laughs> the, uh, but like the I'm talent. I'm looking level. at memes. I'm on memeville. <laughs> you guys can talk about what the hell the point guard spot. <laughs> just get it. I just want to see some wins this year. Then I can get some, give you some analysis on the point guard. Okay. <laughs> well, there's right. going to be a lot of Royer wants to know in basketball to make sure you're involved. Like, okay, I no, watched I'm the excited. game. I don't understand. Yeah, you know, I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Tyler Perry. If we do get Tyler, how do you see his potential with us? And this is was he, followed. Is, this is was this, coming this, with him. This is followed like, up with. By by Kindog two hundred two, getting Tyler Perry would be huge for our NIL budget. Travis Perry would be huge for help on the court. Yeah, I I mean he'd he'd probably make a killer movie. Call it like five one three or something. You know, be... Tyler Perry doesn't need NIL money. He has one of the biggest houses ever in the history. No, of he's ever. saying he could contribute NIL money. Mm. 
Yeah. Ken Dog was saying. Fair enough. I read that. I interpreted that the way that Brent and Ryan interpreted tenure. Oh, relax. (laughs) If you're going to cling on to that one thing. Anyway, the way that I see it is this. (sighs) Tyler Perry would be a great addition. To the to the basketball program, but I hope they bring him in. Not as good um, as Travis Ferry, though. Not as <laughs> and, and the exact future, uh, I would say Travis Perry would be better. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. All right, moving on to the last portion of the mailbag, rapid fire. This is a great. I, I'm happy. This is a good one. Skins. This might be his best performance in months. We this ended up karaokeing one. the end of the podcast last week. That was really fun. <laughs> what we got here? What we got? Rapid fire. Window or aisle seat? Aisle. Aisle. Yeah, I like aisle as well. Window. If I'm in the window, the window is fucking closed. I don't want to look out the goddamn window. I don't want the light in my face. <laughs> I want the window shut. If you have your window open, unless you're like a seven-year-old girl, I want to punch you in the face. Amen. I have a punchable face. You sit there with your window open, don't you? You asshole. I ask <laughs> I ask people to open it. <laughs> Holy shit, that's next level. Yeah. I would just pretend I didn't hear you. Worst. You are the worst. <laughs> I'll just have my headphones in and be like, yeah, I did not hear what this guy next to me said. But luckily on my flight. You are the Dave Simone interpretation tap, tap, on tap. special teams of riding <laughs> tap, in an airplane. Tap, 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 <laughs> sir. Can you? We're, we're descending. Can you open that real quick? I want to see the thing. I would say, uh, flight attendant, this, this weird man keeps touching me. Can you? <laughs> Can you get the marshal? This fucking guy right here. I mean, I, the best though is gun. when the best though is when you're sitting. <laughs> he pointed his gun at me and told me to open the window. <laughs> <laughs> He's scaring me a lot, but no, the the best is when you're sitting in your row and then you slowly start to see like, wait a minute, is no one gonna sit next to me? And like, you like slowly count the amount of people that are the still last coming in. Person. Oh, and then, yeah, then the last person comes in, plops right down next to you. But now I got lucky on my flight on uh, Saturday night, full row, all me. With well, everyone. I used to have a family of three, and we could fill up a row, but now we're down to two. Well, that took a dark turn. With everyone being a Midwestern and our tendency to drive <laughs> way too far instead of flying, what is your max distance before you say fuck it and take a plane? It used to be eight to nine. Like, I would just drive eight to nine hours overtaking a plane. Uh, in my old age, it is reduced to like five or six. Yeah, seven. I'm starting to think about the flight. I don't believe you. You drove to Dallas in your with old somebody age. else to drive. Well, like, my dad and I were that. Like, I didn't have to drive right. if it was just me. I would have flew to Dallas, but like my dad and I were able to split shifts where like you can drive for three or four hours and trade. That's, that's a different, if I'm the only driver five to six is now after that, we're looking at, at flying. I'm a big time flyer, big time flyer. Your mom, I'm, I'm, I'm broke. So I'm looking at like 18 hours. (laughs) 
Anything over 18 hours. Well, you're gonna still spend, <laughs> you're gonna still spend just as much money on gas. Not on a family of five, Brent. Okay. You're talking you're about a family one. of you're a family of one. Right. They're they're they're, they're asking you how far. Okay. It's, yeah, but it's, he's responsible family. to have a family of five with plane tickets. Okay. I'm not I, going, I, where am I going I on vacation by myself? What are you talking about? You travel to away football games. That's not I, a vacation. I'm driving. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There's not five I people drove, going with you to that. I, I've driven to LA and back and Vegas and back. Like I will drive. Holy but shit. As I've gotten, oh yeah. I drove to <laughs> LA and back by myself. Uh it was long. It was very <laughs> How long? long. <laughs> uh we're talking a day. Like three days. Three days. Like oh, two you and cut a half it up. days, three days. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. It was long. I remember uh, like the uh when I drove to LA the first time, it was uh the night of the Yukon Duke National Championship in nineteen ninety-nine. And I like I, I got a bunch of mileage off of listening to the game and then the post game. Uh, and then I think I slept in a rest area in like Little Rock or something, which is probably one of the more dangerous things I've ever done. This looks like a good spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look at that. It's probably not real smart. No. Twix or Snickers? This Twix. is tough. I love both. Now. Peanut butter Snickers. I will take peanut butter Snickers. If not, I'll go Twix. What about peanut butter Twix? Holy shit. <laughs> I still think I would take peanut butter Snickers over peanut butter Twix. I take the Twix over Twix Snickers. Awesome. Take the Twix over Snickers, but the Snickers ice cream bar over Twix. Ooh. The Snickers ice cream bar is the greatest elite, elite. snack elite. ever invented. Elite. It's the greatest elite. ice cream thing ever invented, the Snickers ice cream it's, bar. It's and now I'm going to have to get Snickers ice cream bars when I go yes. to the store. Well, because You're the Chaco Taco is no longer a thing. So, the Chaco Taco used to be the best ice cream thing ever. Yes. So now it is the Snickers. Yeah, but I will be getting a box of probably as many Snickers ice cream, but I might have to go to Costco. Six six hundred dollars worth. Yeah, it's only it's only four boxes. Yeah, it's twelve. That's twelve Snickers ice cream. Did you see how much that guy had in his cart? Full circle joke. Yes, we did. Love callbacks. Look, I love callbacks. Yeah, callbacks are the best. Ryan, did you say what, what you would prefer? You said Twix. Twix, right, man. Right, sorry. We got, Gosh, we, got hung up, we got hung up in the Snickers ice cream bar conversation. Kelsey, Kelsey has yeah. a nomination. She yeah, just you're, your your tenure of this question is not very good, Aaron. I used to love the cookies and losing records. That's that's not how you Reese's, use tenure. Uh, yeah, I just Kondike. use it that way. And you, and Reese's you like Kondike it. is, is pretty right. good. Anyhow. Follow-up question. The BCJ staff is being interrogated for a bank heist that you did commit. You did commit. Yeah. I want to make sure that you heard that correctly. Who is the first one to roll over and turn state's evidence? Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. I Aaron. Without 100%. I wasn't, I wasn't made for jail. Be like, be like, <laughs> we'll, give you, we'll give you one last day in jail, and he'll be like, I'll tell you all I'm these in. motherfuckers. <laughs> 
he would say it was it was that guy right there. Yeah, it was it was him. Without question. What? Me? It was you. Oh yeah, it was probably me. And also for the second part of this question, the answer is me. Who makes the best of bad situation in prison? I make the worst <laughs> situation in prison. I'm I'm you dead. crying in your bed like a bitch the night you got put in. And then dead. <laughs> right. I would be looking to form You'd Epstein? Oh yeah. Oh. Aaron, Aaron, I'd be Aaron would be hung by his shoelaces Jesus in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, like, that's not bad. That's Aaron. Like he, he wants out. There's nothing to do with him. I'm dead. <laughs> we'll get the guards have, to come in and kill Aaron with the cameras. I'm off. I'm trying to get myself put in isolation so I don't get all of the bad things. All of the bad things. I would have a gang within <laughs> within 60 days. I would have a crew. Like I would have a crew. <laughs> I would. Like that's what I do. I like look what I've done here. I just assemble. Like I just figure it out and assemble things and make shit work. I would be okay. I'll tell him everything that Chad did to get out. Right. Aaron would, <laughs> Aaron would flip on me in one second. One <laughs> second. Like I said, they would be like, Aaron, we'll give you one day less in jail if you just tell us. And he would be like, Chad did it. <laughs> I'm sorry. He made me do it. <laughs> I didn't want to do it, but he made me. <laughs> it's true. You admitted it's true. I said he's mean. Oh, that's yeah, why I did. That's why he made me do it. He's mean. <laughs> that's the mailbag. Get us out of here, Brent. Yeah, there we go. Whoa, too... Ed coming in hot. Um, so, Ed, so guys, hold on, Ed. No, I'm not letting this go. Ed, you quit. You don't get to play this game anymore, Ed. You quit PTP. You bailed on PTP, and you don't get to quit, keep blaming it on Aaron. So stop with that shit, or I'll put it on Twitter. We, we you can't, get this, Ed. We, we, can't, we can't mute him because he's on Twitch. <laughs> like, we can't. <laughs> I could go don't in and tell him. mute him if I wanted to. But I'm just telling him. You don't get to play All that right. game, Ed. You quit. I got the recipients. Get us out of here, Brent. Yeah, and, and you know what? There's a game on Saturday, folks. That's right. 8 p.m., Stillwater. Oklahoma State. I'm a man. I'm 40. Come at me. That's right. Coach Gundy. Uh, bring him on. So we'll have coverage of that all leading up to it. Uh, basketball obviously firing up soon. I see Berg has a has a uh, uplifting article um, there, and uh, it's going to be uh, to jump in and kind of. We might need. We might we might need a Berg night. If we do sure. Sunday right before like the start of the season, we might need we might need Bird. Uh, yeah, that'd be fun. Let let him be the uh, be the creamy voice of reason. Cream. The jizzly creamy voice of reason. Ugh. Oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> Quite the clothes. Quite the clothes here. But uh hey, guys, uh football still here, basketball still right around the corner. We're gonna have it all here on and, and tomorrow night you can listen to George Vogel instead of Ed in our Tuesday night spot, which is a win for everybody. There we go. Now, uh, without further ado, you know, uh, for my pals, my you know, big shouts to Danco Transmission and I don't care. Big shouts as well to Home Field Apparel. And of course, big shouts as well to Quick Paper Supply. 
Uh, but for my guys, Palace Partners, the trio, the squad, the, the crew, Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, and Ryan Royer, I am Brent Young. Yet another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. You started it, Ed. See it. I love you, too.